This is the Super Sports Schools Podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars powered by Spurs Stake Ranchers. One, two, three, go! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Sports Schools Podcast brought to you by Spur. I'm Alex White, and this week we've got a bit of a different episode. It's to do with football, but I'm not going to be doing the talking. I'm not going to be doing the interviewing. I've got a very special guest who's becoming our host for today. Tumaleng, welcome to the Super Sports Schools podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting to have you here because you've been involved in the GDL this whole year. And it's the first year that GDL has been on Super Sports Schools on TV, which is very exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey, what it's been like following the GDL and what makes it so special? I mean, the GDL has been an absolutely amazing story. Um, it's the Gauteng Development League that we have within South Africa. It is broken up into four divisions. You have under 13, under 15, under 17, and the big boys, that's what I call them, the under 19s. Um, and every single weekend, we just cover these clubs um, that compete within the league. Um, we were designated to certain games, and those are the games that we cover. Um, you have the likes of Remember Elite Sports Academy. You have the likes of Joburg City. You have the likes of, there are so many teams, Corinthians, um, no, Cthoris, rather. Um, and two established teams that that we know, your Kaiser Chiefs, your Mamelodi Sundowns. So it really is a league where it's anyone's game, number one, but number two, it also, I believe, is the perfect place for us to start developing our future stars. And this year, in terms of developing future stars, what stood out for you? What really stood out for me this year, funny enough, because we're talking to Leffert today from Remember Elite, um, is watching a Remember Elite Sports Academy really be eager to play up against the Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, this team is necessarily a team that doesn't have the same financial backing. They don't have the same circumstances. But for them to be that driven to want to face the Mamelodi Sundowns, and this is within the Youth Cup that we're currently in, when they found out that they were playing up against Mamelodi Sundowns, they're like, that is exactly what we want. And that is not the coaches saying, this. This is the young 13-year-old saying that that's exactly what we want. Um, and it goes back to what I said. It gives these kids an opportunity to dream, an opportunity for them to show the world what they're made of. And I think when you're on the field of play, it is 11 versus 11. It's not necessarily about where you're from. It's about what you can produce with the ball. Now I'm going to leave you to handle the interview for today's show. So good luck and enjoy it. That should be really interesting, Alex. I'll, I'll try my best, okay? I'll be good and I'll follow all the house rules. <laughs> <laughs> Spur back bacon is like having fillet for breakfast because back bacon has more meat and less fat. And we grill that back bacon at 350 degrees, then serve it with two large eggs, golden chips, grilled tomato, toast, and jam. And at only $49.90 for our unreal breakfast. Why not bring the whole family? Spur. People with a taste for life. T's and C's apply. Well, welcome back. Let's kickstart the conversations. As you know, this week is all about the GDL takeover with myself, Itumeling Khosikhadiya Khavanda. Two prestigious guests to join me today as we talk all things development football within this country. On the far right, we have Tony Diaz, who is the head of academy out at Joburg City. And in the middle is Lefa Moroge, who is the team manager at Remember Elite Sports Academy. I mean, if you want to make it short, you can also call them Ressa. A very good, well, good day to you and welcome to it thank, thank you. you let's kick start the conversations i just want to start off with you lefa i mean it's 2023 it is the year for her um the year where women's football literally has been at the center stage how has this year been for you especially being a woman in a male-dominated industry uh, thank you Itu. 
Um, with me, it has been difficult. I don't want to lie. Um, last year, I was completing my diploma in sport management. So it's the first year in the corporate world. So it's very difficult, but I'm learning. So I can't say it was an easy goal for me. So it was very difficult. I can't lie. So yeah, that's it. As women coming into an environment where we're dealing with children, um, obviously the under-19s will be really upset to hear me calling them children. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, there are children. <laughs> <laughs> there are children, but, but it is a space for them to week in, week out, come in and show what it is that they're able to do. And it's an opportunity for them to also grow. Let's just talk about the quality that you both have been exposed to within the Harding Development League. Okay, so um, I've, I'm one of the founder members um, of the league. Um, it used to be called the Academy League many, many years ago. Um, only a few of us were, were part of it. It was only the PSL clubs in that time. Uh, it's evolved into the GDL. Um, and with, with the super sports soccer schools coming in into this environment, it's added huge value. Um, the, the, the quality is getting better all the time. There's um, you, uh, huge opportunities for, for young players to, to impress to uh, grow, to develop. And I always say development is, is, a, is a process. It's not a once-off a once thing. So the idea that um, the GDL starts at 13 and you've, you, know, you go through that process and come out the other side as a young man um, at under-19 level and then get the opportunities to maybe get into the DDC, get into um, an SAB uh, structure, ABC Motsepi, and if good enough, maybe even NFD or, or PSL. So um, the, the, the level is definitely getting better. You see it all the time. Uh, you see the quality getting better. The clubs are better organized. Um, the, the, the software is getting better organized. So from where I'm sitting and watching the, 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 the process and the progress, um, we're in a good space. We're in a good space, Liff. I want to know from you. I mean, um, Tony touched on the fact that we started under 13. Um, with Remember Elite Sports Academy, we know that it's a provi- well, it's providing a platform within a, a community where the, most kids are less advantaged. But just how hard is it to get kids who are under 13? I mean, we know that that's when Babat had at that age <laughs> and put them into the structure. Okay. Um, I'd have to agree with um, Tony on this one, eh? We are sitting on a good um, platform. Um, GDL is a, is a good um, league to introduce the, the young ones. And I can say that with Remember Elite Sport, uh, Sport Academy, it's um, a bit difficult because yeah. So it's very difficult to introduce these young ones in the league, to introduce them in the GDL because they don't understand what all this is about. You understand? But we have good quality, we have good players, and yeah. Tony, we talk about under 13, and we constantly have this conversation within South African football, saying that um, development, we lack development within South African football. We're starting at under 13. Do you not think we could start at a bit lower, but also what would be the challenges if we were to start a bit lower within our country? So um, I, I do believe the structures are there. Um, for the development of the younger players. But are we at the level that we should be? Um, are the coaches um, at that level doing what they should be doing? And also I think a big area that we need to improve on is school's football. You know, every kid goes to school. So 
um, if you look at if you look at rugby cricket, let's talk rugby. You know, why why are we so good at rugby? Go look at rugby foot uh, schools uh, schools rugby. It's it's well organized, well run, uh, well structured. The quality there. There's a lot of money being pumped into that into those structures, uh, but we don't have the same in, in in soccer. So I think that's an area that we need to address um, as a country, SOFA. Um, and obviously the schools as well, you know, starting to bring qualified coaches in there, um, start putting a little bit more money into the, into that structure. And then, you know, the club club structure for those boys that, that want to do a little bit extra soccer. And then from that into the GDL, and then from there into the bigger, you know, the structures I've spoken about. Well, it starts within schools and the children who make up the teams come from various schools. Um, I did mention that Tony is from Joburg City and that Liff is from Remember Elite Sports Academy, but I didn't give you insight as to what these teams are all about, where they're from. So I'm going to give them the opportunity to sell the brands that you wear so proudly across your chest. So um, Joburg City um, originally was Black Aces um, Youth Development Academy. Um, as you all know, uh, Black Aces sold, um, sold to Cape Town City the franchise. Um, but the academy was started in 2009. And like I said earlier, we were one of the founder members of the original Academy League. Um, once the once the franchise was sold, um, the new owners felt only just that we changed the name and a Joburg City um, football club was born. Um, we have an SAB side, um, hoping to fight and get back, get, get into the PSL at some, some time. Um, but the academy continues as it did, uh, as it was with Black Aces. Um, our, our, uh, our philosophy is the same. Um, our game model has changed a bit. Obviously, football changes, but it, it's, it's roots or, 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 or with Black Aces. Um, our, our culture is the same. Um, and, you know, we've had some unbelievable success within Black Aces. You know, uh, players like some Killers Wani, that's at Chiefs. It's one of our, uh, our boys. Bontley um, Molefi, who's at Chiefs as well. And I like to brag about these young men. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cross is now uh, currently at uh, Golden Arrows. Uh, Tabo Nodada, of course. And we've got a boy, Christo Retzos, playing in, in Greece. And uh, Marko Vasilinovic, that's playing uh, in the top tier in Cyprus. So, um, uh, you know, our history is, is goes very far, um, even though the name is new, but the history is, is entrenched in, in youth development football. Lefa, I want to know from you, I mean, remember Elite Sports Academy, um, an academy that is within the township. How do we, if you were to sell the brand, number one, I think just to get people to know about it. And number two, how hard is it to attract kids to come and play for it? Because as Tony has said, most of these kids will grow up and be like, I want to play for a cheese. I want to play for a Sundance. But that's because those are the brands that have already been built and have been around for years. I was born and raised in Umalanga, Mbalentle, and it came in the vow. So a lot of players who are playing in this academy uh, come from Pumalanga. So um, we have uh, five um, divisions in total and one ladies. It's your under 13, under 15, under 17, under 19, and the first team. So the first team is playing the uh, SAB. It's men's, men's regional league. They are now calling it Hollywood Bats. Uh-huh. Yes. And we also have the ladies who are playing um, the GDL. So... It's been good, it's been great, but it's very difficult to, to, to like, um, 
get players to join the academy because of the league that we are playing in. With GDL, it's exposing them, so it's easy to get these players to join because Barata also Lakobo TV. So when you're saying shout out to Super Sports Schools. So when you're saying that uh, we are playing with your big fishes like your Chiefs, uh, your Sundowns, that's when you you like attract them, you know. But it's not easy, especially in the Val, because we have a lot of players who are playing Gokas. So they like tournaments, not the leagues. You understand? So they are chasing money more than um, to to in life, you know. So, but yeah, we are getting there. So I, I think like I think if we get if we can get the the first team to be promoted, if they win the league, they play ABC, then that's when uh, a lot of players will yeah. be like will have interest to join the team, you know. But with the GDL, with the super sports, we are going there, we are getting there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, what you're saying is, is somewhat synonymous to what Tony, what, to what Tony has said. Um, basically, you can't have omelets if you don't have eggs. Um, but I want to know just from a development structural level, Tony, um, do we have, are we, are we following the right procedures? Because yes, you are liable and you're responsible of producing these players. But when these players do move to, let's say, a bigger club, is Joburg City getting what is rightfully theirs? Uh, good question. <laughs> um, FIFA have, have um, a player development compensation policy. Um, and uh, the, the way it should work is once a pro club or once a player signs his first pro contract, okay, doesn't matter where it is, you know, wherever it is, the higher the level, the more compensation a player, a club can complain, can claim. But um, and and what should happen is if a big club, if a pro club signs a player, what they should be doing is going to to software. There's a system called My Software. They can go in, go and find out where this players come from, contact the club and say. Um, We've just signed one of your boys. Uh, we can we sort out the compensation, and I don't think it's unfair to ask for that because um, it takes it costs money, uh, you know, and um, you know the the, the effort, uh, the, the commitment. So I think the bigger clubs should start respecting the work that the smaller clubs do. Hundred yeah. percent, because you're the foundation, right? Yes, of course, and 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 we put in the effort, and yes. and and you know, uh, players are getting sold for for big sums now. Yes. And, and, you know, you pay that small, comp- and it's not huge. You know, you're looking at, I think, around 50000 per year. Mm. If you have a player there for six years, you're getting 300000 for him, mm. you know. And remember, for that one player to, to, to develop to that point, I need 20 around him, yes. you know. Yes, it's so not just him. Not just him. So you're not just investing into him, you're investing into the other 20. It goes a long way. Yeah, it goes a long way. It definitely goes mm-hmm. a long way. Um, another thing that I want to touch on is the fact that it is so expensive to run a club. And I think we've seen this when teams play within top tier football. Um, and once they get relegated, it's like we're not getting that much money. So keeping the wheels turning is really hard and also to keep the lights on. Um, facilities also plays a big impact. And we see this from the sense of, if you take a player who plays in just normal dusty um, gravel and you put them on grass, it's a big transition. So how hard is it to maintain your facilities? I'll start, I think, with Reza because 
Yes, they, the players want to go to different places to play, but in order to grow the brand of Risa, you have to be popular within the Val. And that is if you're playing in the Val and you're able to accommodate Chiefs. So let's talk about the facility aspect of things. How hard is that? Um, it, it's very difficult with um, Risa because it's a non-profit organization with no sponsors. Mm. Well, we do have, but it's not money sponsor. Oh, okay, so, so it's like a trade exchange? Yes, okay. Yes. So it's very difficult to run that facility because you must remember, it's a non-profit organization. You have players who can afford to pay the academy and you have workers who are working and expecting you to give them money by month end. Who must run that facility? You know? 100%. So it's very difficult to, to run an academy without big sponsors, you know. So I can say that as much as we want to advertise the academy, it's difficult without income, you know. Mm. So we want to promote these young players. We want to promote the brand. We want to grow the facility, but it's difficult without capital, you know. Mm. But it's getting there because if you can compare it with how it was before, then you'll be short, yeah. you know. So I'm very proud of the uh, CEO, Kolani Matumbo. He's been running this academy for a long time. He's been doing great, and he's still doing great because... Each and every day, that guy is trying, you know. So, oh, shout out to Polani. Yeah. <laughs> he is trying. So, yeah. it's really not difficult. It's really difficult for him. But, yeah, he is trying. So, yeah. I mean, and then you have a Jobic City. Um, you're sharing facilities with Corinthians FC. Um, let's talk about that relationship. You have Kappa now. I've seen the kids and then your sponsor. Um, I think it's just two sides of the coin where we see a team that does have a little bit of, of assistance that's coming from external um, resources or should, should, external suppliers as opposed to running from your own pocket. So our relationship with Corinthians is a big help for us. Um, the facility um, is is looked after by the club. Um, it's well run. It's well organised. Um, they got other other um, revenue streams within the club. They got a restaurant. They got a. They're now building um, a paddle court uh, thing. So so uh, they got t- uh, tennis. They got so they, there's other other means. A gym in, in in the facility. So they have other means of income, uh, which then. Um, that doesn't that, that income doesn't come to Joburg City because we are a separate entity, but it does help help with us not having to contribute extra money towards the maintenance of the fields and stuff. So that helps hugely. Also, another another um, recent um, agreement that's come through with Corinthians uh, that's going to be for us, I think, um, a huge help is they've uh, just signed a contract with Olympiakos in Greece. Very nice, yes. So they're going to become, they've become the official, um, they've now become Olympiakos Johannesburg. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, social media presence around that. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and like I said, the name, Olympiakos, it's a huge, huge club. Um, I'm hoping that it, I'm sure, it's going to attract more players to us. Um, the, the better quality we get at Corinthians, because that, that's our feeder club. So the better quality we get up. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I, I want to come to the support element um, internally. This is also from parents. Um, let's, 
I know that, that Remember Elite is coming together. Um, and sometimes it is, you do feel like there is a lack of support that there is within the structure. Um, how hard or how easy is it to get a job at the club? And I ask this because compliance has become a big talking point when it comes to football in South Africa. I mean, just in the PSL, there's certain coaches who are sitting on the bench <laughs> and we're just like... Were you not just a player yesterday? <laughs> when did you do your coaching license? <laughs> okay, um, it's not hard to get a job at Remember Elite. Ne? The problem is capital, like I said. It's very hard for, for these coaches to volunteer, you know, because many coaches are volunteering at Remember Elite Sport Academy. So you know that you are waking up each and every day, but you are not getting anything, you know. It's not difficult to get a job, but it's difficult to get people to stay. Mm, so, so it's a passion-driven yes. project. So people are passionate, they are there, but without capital, I think that's one thing that will stop them from coming. And you can't um, um, invest your time yeah. where you don't get anything, you know? Yeah. So it's not difficult, but capital is a problem. I mean, yeah. yeah. So like me, I was an intern last year. Mm-hmm. I got a job this year. So... It wasn't difficult for me. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a chatterbox, so I can sit here the whole day with you guys and we can chop up this conversation. But let's just close it off here by talking about the most important element of the Gauteng Development League, which is the players. Um, how do we keep them motivated? I think one thing that you said is um, these players want to get compensated, right? And it starts at a very young age. Um, but how do you get them to see the bigger picture that in order for you to have a tower that's going to stand for years, you need a firm and solid foundation? Everyone starts somewhere, you know. You can't start and the next thing you get money, you know. So on my side, I always motivate these players, Gawore, you must always start somewhere. And you can't start with a big team. Start leading me anywhere you know, Gawore, okay, I, start, I started with this team. And then I got to a PSL level, you know. So it means you are the one who took that team to point, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's difficult to motivate them um, with words only, but I think they've stayed because they understand the assignment, you know. I think coaches and people who work with clubs are, are just as important as teachers um, that we have in the schools. And I mean... Absolutely. I think it's the same question to you, but I'd just like to add on to that is I think it's a very important question as well. But with the players that we're developing, do we have these stars understanding that they could be the future of our country or are they more interested in being exported? The way we look at, look at it from uh, Joe Big City, which is part of our culture, and um, it's an interesting like angle. Uh, we, we're not in this business to develop footballers. We're really in this business to develop a man, a young man that's going to come out of our, our environment with, um, with a high work ethic, with an understanding of commitment to, to his trade, um, with that um, understanding of how to win, how to lose, um, that never give up attitude, um, keep fighting all the time. Um, we're also teaching them to interact with different cultures, different uh, religions, different um, people. You know, so when they come out of our structure, they might never play football again at the highest level. Okay, but but they, they, they we also want to create that love for the game. So we want them coming out, people who love the game, but can add add value to society. 
you know, because we know the numbers are not there. So if we're only in the business to create footballers, we're going to fail. And I think all our coaches need to start looking at that. For me, that is more important, creating the man. And in that process of creating the man, can we get a footballer out of him? And I think that's the way, well, that's the way we look at it at Joburg City. That is so interesting as to how we're developing all-round human beings who will co- positively contribute to society. Absolutely love that. So the both of you, all the best within your endeavours. Um, you. Obviously, we're done with the GDL season. We're now into the Youth Cup that is currently taking place. Then Top 8 is going to take place come early next year. To you, this would not be possible without you. So continue consuming the Harding Development League. It is live on Super Sports Schools every single Saturday and Sunday. My name is Itumeleng Khosikhadia Khavanda. This is not my seat. It belongs to Alex White. So toodles. <laughs> Bringing you the sport you care about the most, this is the Super Sports Schools Podcast. Interview done and dusted. How was that? That was fun. I did say that is not my seat. That is your seat. So I'm very much more comfortable sitting on this side as opposed to sitting in your seat. But it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so insightful as well. There's so many things that you think you know that actually actually don't know. So shout out to Lefa and Tony. Um, I really enjoyed that. You say you're more comfortable on that side. But now we've got the exciting part of the show, the Supersport Schools podcast quiz. You're going to have 60 seconds to answer as many questions correctly as you can. Uh, we've, these questions today, because we're kind of in this World Cup year, there's been the Women's Cricket World Cup, Women's Football World Cup, Netball World Cup, Rugby World Whoa. Cup, Cricket World Cup. Uh, so there have been a lot of World Cups. So there's some things to do with that. There are quite a few football-related questions. Okay. So, yeah, no Don't no judge pressure. me. Judge the pressure. Judge the pressure. <laughs> it always is. We get the professionals coming in for their respective sports, and then they don't do so well. So well, you maybe, give me clues. Some of them might have options. Some of them might be okay. true, false questions. So there, at least you've got a 50-50 if you, if you don't know. I might have to call a friend. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Tumalengo, are you ready to play the Super Sports Schools podcast quiz? I'm nervous, but yes. Your time starts now. Who won the most recent men's FIFA World Cup? Um, Argentina. Correct. Who won the 2023 men's cricket World Cup? Um, it wasn't India, it was Australia. Correct. How many swimming strokes are there at the Olympics? Oh, and there's breaststroke, backstroke, butterfly. Uh, five. Uh, there's four. Ah! True or false, Kenya has made it as far in an ODI World Cup as South Africa? Um, false. It's true. Which country has won the most women's FIFA World Cups? Um, USA. Correct. How many penalty runs is a team usually awarded for the ball striking a fielder's helmet on the ground in cricket? Four, five, or six? Five. Correct. True or false, the Springboks have only scored tries in one of the four World Cup finals they've played in? True. Correct. The infamous Australian cricket ball tampering scandal occurred at which South African cricket stadium, Wanderers or Newlands? Wanderers. It was Newlands. Who won the most recent Women's FIFA World Cup? Um, oh, Spain. Correct. What does the E... Okay, time is up. <laughs> I mean, we the there. I have to count. That's six. You asked me about the strokes and I counted them and then I said five. You counted them, got to three and then said five. <laughs> I think you were just hoping, I've got three, there's probably another one. Yes. Maybe another one. Oh, no, but that's good. Okay. Six, there we go. Six out of 16. Well, it's not out of anything. It's just oh, okay, six cool. in 60 seconds. The record is by Tahir Augusti, the South African national women's hockey player who's only 18 this year. Yeah. Um, wow, Alex, thanks for saying she, the, day, the age. She, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I won't say what she got then. Okay. No, no, I want to know. 13. 
30. 13. Oh, yeah. oh you're... <laughs> not 30, but okay. yeah, 13. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it was very hockey based oh. and. Geez, okay, mine was mixed. Mine was yours mixed. was mixed, yeah. Okay. There we go. And, and you got almost all the ones right that I was able to ask in the 60 seconds. So okay. that's also, Fair that's enough. good. We'll yeah. take that. Yeah. We'll take that. Well done. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for taking over, handling the interview, uh, doing it much better than I could have to do with the GDL. I, I'm so excited for next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's that time where we go have some first steak ranches. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Super Sports Schools podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars powered by Spurs. Steak Ranchers. 